And so now God, now that we're full, God, now that we're full, Lord, now, God, we need the overflow. Because when Glenville Seventh-day Adventist Church is full, God, the street next to us, God, will be filled, Lord. And behind us, Lord. And beside us, God. And so I pray today in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will continue to pour inside of us, God, so that there won't be enough room, Lord, that it will overflow. And when it overflows, God, I pray that it will flood Cleveland, Ohio, Lord. Speak to us now, God. Crazy faith, God. Your word, Lord, it says that we are righteous because of our faith, God. So we want crazy righteousness, God. Speak to us now. I come against the spirit of fear. I come against the spirit of doubt. I come against the spirit of anxiety or, or confusion, Lord. Show yourself strong, Lord. Show yourself mighty. I come against the spirit of, well, that's their story, but not mine, God. Because if you did it for us, God, you can do it for all of us. We are knuckleheads. We are wretches, Lord. Ain't nothing special about us. The only thing special about us is you inside of us. So speak to us now in the worthy, in the perfect, the perfect name of Jesus we pray. Amen. And amen. 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 I promise you today, my sermon, it won't be long. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Real quickly, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read from verses 42, I believe it's to 47. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. I'm going to read from the New International Version. Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. Just have it prepared. I'm coming back to that in 10 minutes. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. So my story here briefly is simply this. I was, I was, first off, you need to know I was raised in this church. My father is an Adventist pastor in Atlanta, Georgia. My grandfather is also an Adventist pastor in South Carolina. Uh, my great-grandfather actually was actually a, a, a pastor. So I'm like a PKKK. Grew up in the church, was on fire for God, chaplain in my senior class, religious vice president, Oakwood Academy, Huntsville, Alabama, went on to the amazing school of Oakwood, and just like any place, you can find the Lord or you can find the enemy. And since I, listen to me, saints, since I was not intentionally living for Jesus, I began to live for myself, and since I lived for myself, I began to adopt this Luciferic mindset. That mind, the mindset that Lucifer had was me, me, me. Where everything that we know about sweet Jesus is you, like, like others. Like Jesus is like, not me, like not my will, but thy will be done. So I had a really great highs in my spiritual walk with God, and then I had some lows. By the time I got out of school, I was addicted to drugs, alcohol, fornication, with a degree, you know, like you can't, you know how we be playing church? You know, like you could dress up to church, but you know what I'm saying, but you're not really the church. You know what I'm saying? You come around spiritual people, but God's spirit ain't in you. 
Um, and so I was one of those type dudes that took God's name in vain. Like I told y'all last night, God don't care if you say, oh my God, or OMG. But when you adopt the name of Christ, when you call yourself a Christian, but you live an opposite lifestyle, that's taking his name in vain. Experienced a lot of success in sin. A lot of success in sin. Extremely comfortable in sin. And my father had the common sense to pray a simple but very real and painful prayer. He said, God, bless my son, protect my son, but anything that my son's doing that doesn't bring you glory, I pray that he fail at it. So the two nightclubs that I was running, my drug connect while I was selling weed by the pound, all of that was just gone. I went from renting different luxury cars and nice SUVs every single week because I could just throw money away to driving an 88 Nissan Stanza. God broke me. Listen to me. Some of y'all in here, listen to me, beloved. Some of you in here, God loves you so much, he's going to have to break your behind to make you. Like, he wants, he loves you too. Like, God is like, I'm past their comfort. I need you to be saved. And so if I have to touch you or allow the enemy to touch you to save you, I'll do it. So God broke me down, and by the grace of God, he built me back up. I got rebaptized October 17, 2009. I had the crazy experience with God. Listen to me, young people. The Lord set me up, and for about two days, I wasn't around any secular music, wasn't listening to no crazy music. I wasn't drinking, wasn't smoking. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing nothing. I was just around godly people. And listen to me, a transformation inside my soul came. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes the very environments in which we live have an effect on us. It's like either, all right, I'm not going to go there, God. All right. So the very environments that we live have an effect on us. And so I began to remove myself, and God did a crazy transformation in my life. Okay. So when I got baptized and I came up out that water, some of y'all are going to have the same experience today. When I came out that water, I was, I was different. Yeah, I was different. I was stronger. I saw things differently. I never forget I had an experience in the back. There was like an ex-con and, uh, and another guy, you know what I'm saying, who was like, used to be a pimp. Then my dad, he did an evangelistic series and he like caught some of the hardest dudes in the area and was baptizing them. And he saved me for last, you know what I'm saying? You know, his son, like the finale. And I remember being in the back room just crying my eyeballs out because I just felt so unworthy, you know what I'm saying? It's, cra- it's crazy because, you know, my grandmama, when I, when I decided to go all in for God, she told me three things. She said, baby, God loves you, and I believe that God loved me. But she said, son, grandson, God will forgive you for your sins, and I believe that too. But then she said that God's going to use you. And I'm like, grandma, wait a second. Like, I've done some bad things, grandma. I've hurt people. You, I understand that God loves me, and I understand that God will forgive me, but use me. I don't know, like... Let me just like do, let me clean the church or something like, but ain't no way God going to use me. And she said, baby, you're not that good of a sinner. Like you ain't. She said, don't doubt what God's blood can do. When you just get, when, when you just say, God, you provide the fire, God, and I'll provide the sacrifice. When you do that, everything changes. I got baptized and it changed. It's like things began to just come together. My wife ended up joining the church. That's my, I ain't about to cry. Let me just, that's my girl. Let me just say that. That girl right there. If it wasn't for her, I don't know where I'd be. She came into my life when I was messed up, screwed up, bad credit, bad breath, bad everything. Listen to me. 
Like, for, hey, listen to me for real. I mean, I was in bad shape. I, I'm, listen, you talking about a man that finds a wife, finds a good thing in favor? I get like, that's a favor God did to give her to me. I don't deserve somebody like her. Listen to me. The grace tour, the grace of God, like, my wife is grace. I don't deserve her. Somebody once told me that mercy is not getting what you deserve. And grace is getting what you don't deserve. My wife, her nigga, I'm going to start calling you Gracie, girl. Listen to me. I don't know why, but he gave her to me. She joined the church and we built. It's crazy. It's like when I gave my life to God, you know what I'm saying? Because I had some degrees and she, she got like doggone a, a bachelor's in marketing, a bachelor's in finance, and her MBA. Like, she's so doggone smart, you know what I'm saying? Like, so we educated folk, and so we built our first house, and it felt so good, because she worked with me, and I cleaned my credit up, and we were able to build our first house, you know what I'm saying? The simple things, hardwood floors, you know what I'm saying? Little granite countertops, you know what I'm saying? Little screen there, patio with the tile, with the three-foot knee wall with the screen, you know what I'm saying? Little extra 10 by 20 area curbs with the curved brick, so you can barbecue outside, you know what I'm saying? Because the weather's pretty good in Alabama, you know what I'm saying? Like three bedrooms, two and a half bedrooms. Like, God was blessing. She worked for Redstone Arsenal. I worked for technology school, making good money, six figures. Like, blessed. Like, you, like watch this. We were living the American dream. Little did I know after a while we'd be living the God dream. It's a difference. It's a difference. It's a difference in being a man of good and being a man of God. So walk, walk with me here. So we've got all of this great stuff happening. And I'm involved with the church. The first thing I did is God said, son, you got to get active because where you lost your way. Listen to me. And I'm on appeal for some of y'all to get active. You bet not deny the spirit of God. God said, in order for you to have a real life with me, in order for you to have a real experience with me, you have to be active. And so, like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, faith without works is dead. So God said, get active. So I put together a young adult outreach team, hooked up with Pastor Dog. He was like, just do what you need to do. Like, you have your way. We got T-shirts on. We are feeding people, clothing people. Like, just loving on people. And the ministry grew. Did that. Listen to me. Some of y'all want big stuff. Just be faithful with the few things. Like, whatever it is you're going to do. Like, whatever it is God told you to do, just be faithful with that. So if you're a musician, be the best musician you can be. If you're a driver, be the best driver you can be. You should be, you should not, you should be the type of driver that says, I ain't going to be no jerking, it's going to be smooth, and it's going to be strong, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to be a cook, like, marinate the meat, you know what I'm saying? Like, get the Worcestershire sauce with the chicken, like, whatever you're going to do, do your best. Give your best to God. And when you're faithful with the few things, you'll look up and have your own restaurant, or have your own tour bus, or have your own whatever. The few things, so I was faithful with that. God was showing me how to lead a team of people. We had anywhere from 30 to 40 people going out in the community doing the work. And I did that for about a year and a half. It's important, y'all, to be obedient. God hit me. I woke up January 20th, 2010, and had a crazy out-of-body experience. It's like I was laying in my bed, and I was physically and I was mentally paralyzed. And all, it was... The only way I can exclaim it, it was like God was like a lawyer in the courtroom pleading his case over and to write your book. I just kept hearing from prodigal to prodigy, from prodigal to prodigy. He gave me chapter one, uh, 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 um, what, was, what was chapter one? Help me hold, identity crisis. You know, like in a church boy, he began to give me all the different chapters of the book. And then when he woke me up where I was able to actually able to move and I was able to have my own thoughts. 
I'm like, God, you telling me you want me to write a book? I'm like, I can't do it, you know, because you instantly, like, our carnal nature instantly goes to being disobedient or going to what we want. And I'm like, God, this ain't comfortable because all my boys I was doing wrong with, they already feel a certain way. Oh, Jeremy think he extra holy. I'm like, they not going to, God said, it ain't about what you want or what you think. Write the book, son. So I wrote the book, like a crazy, I swear it, because I got adult ADHD, so it had to be like an Ellen White experience, because I wrote that sucker in like a week and a half, like in a zone, like straight Holy Ghost. Went to my dad and said, Dad, this is crazy, right? Like, me write a book? I'm tripping, right? No, son, that's what the Lord said, dude. I went to my grandma, like, man, whatever, Dad. Grandma, it's crazy for me to write a book, right? Like, I'm, I'm doing, watch this here. I'm doing enough. I'm leading an outreach team. Like, I'm doing more than that. I'm doing more than the average person. Ain't this crazy, Grandma? I should just sit down somewhere and just be average, right? Grandma said, no, do it. I called my spiritual mama, Mama Pat. Mama Pat, look, they talking about I should write this book. What you think? I should just, like, pump my brakes, right? She said, no, you need to write it if that's what the Lord says. So I wrote the book. And from there, I don't know what happened, but I know one of my good friends and mentors by the way, Myra, you say what you want, bro. It's your preaching and your, the ethos within you that has set me free and helped me find my identity when I come to speaking. Because when I first started preaching, I'd be like right up in here and, and drawing, uh, and God was like, that's whack, son. Like, you ain't even got no congestion. Like, what you, uh, like, why you doing all that? You know what I'm saying? But this meant, it's men like him that first came to me and said, all right, you in ministry, so watch it, young buck. Let me tell you something. Never let your wife feel she's in competition with the ministry. It's men like him who's been receptive to my ministry yes. when others been, I don't even want to say hating because they just not healthy. Others have not been as receptive, but this man, the guy right here, is because of you, bro. Yes. So listen to me. So I wrote the book, and one of my mentors, Eric Thomas, he wrote the foreword. And when he got the book, he was impressed by the quality of it. And I'm like, yep, our company, Spirit Rain, did it. What am I telling you? The, 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 the publishing company just blew up. Now we got 30 dog on, uh, over 30 authors, 100,000 books in print, all God. God was like, just write the book. Be faithful with the few things. I'll make you ruler over many. So watch this. So I got the book now. I ain't smoking no more. I ain't taking advantage of myself no more. I'm living a pure life. I ain't kicking in no doors. I ain't popping no bottles, no more clubs. I'm actually becoming a man of God. And it was a painful process. Shoot, I'm going through some doggone stuff right now. I promise you, I am not about to cry today. But <laughs> let me tell you something. It is a pain. Listen to me. It ain't a cakewalk. Like, you think you the man? Listen to me. You be a man of God. Like, that's, that ain't easy. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's his spirit that gives you that power and ability. So I got the ministry with the church. I wrote the first book. When that book came out, I began to travel and speak. For whatever reason, people trusted me with their pulpit. So it seemed like every other week... God was sending me to different places. And so from 2011 and 2012, I probably traveled at least twice a month. Well, in 2012, just the, the power of God, my daughter was born. And what's so deep about God is I got the biggest confirmation that God was with me. You see, I was rebaptized on October 17, 2009. And God has a way with numbers biblically. Three means something, seven means something, 12 means something. And so God said, son, I'm going to honor the decision that you made on October 17th, 2009. I'm going to give you one year for the, for the Father. I'm going to give you one year for the Son. I'm going to give you one year for the Holy Ghost. What I'm telling you is exactly three years from my rebirth, my daughter was born. It wasn't scheduled. Listen to me. 
it wasn't scheduled. Like she came early and God said, let me just do something. Let me have, let me do like my wife hit me. She was like, I, I feel something wet, but it wasn't a big gust, water break. I, I don't know. I'm thinking like, this is our fourth time this month. Going, All right, boo, let's go to the hospital. And they was like, yeah, she in labor. I ain't recognized them until we got home. I went and put her birth certificate where we put all of our important documents and came across my baptismal certificate. And I saw that exactly three years to the day I was reborn in Christ, God replenished our family and gave us our precious jewel. So right around that time, a few months after that, I have early morning sessions with God, and sometimes it's scary because I feel like the earlier you see God, the louder you hear his voice, you know what I'm saying? And he don't always say what you want to hear, if I can just be clear. It ain't always sweet nothing. Sometimes it's some, ah. So I have an experience with God, and God is like, son, you've been traveling and speaking for about two years now. It's time to, it's time to go full time, and I just, I wasn't feeling it, but I knew that's what God said, and so I made a commitment to God. I said, okay, God, I'll quit my job. I'll, I'll go full time. Listen to me, y'all. It's different now. It's different now. I wonder what position me and my family would be in if I was disobedient. I'm at a place now, I'm scared to be disobedient to God. And so, so now the hard part, you know what I'm saying, is I got to now go to my wife. Because, you know, when I married her, the first thing her mama said, well, when I asked to marry her, was, yeah, all right, yeah, you think you're cute, you want to marry my wife, how you going to take care of her? And I'm like, I promise I'm going to get a job. You know what I'm saying, now I got a great job, and now I got to tell her I'm going to quit this job to preach. I'm like, I don't know. So I woke my wife up and we, I said, I got to get her in the spirit. So we had, we, I made her breakfast, you know what I'm saying, and, uh, and worship. And that was like a tradition, you know what I'm saying? So I made her her oatmeal with the craisins and almonds. I made her her egg whites and a piece of toast. And uh, we have a worship. And I'm like, baby, thus said the Lord. She like. <laughs> so I'm like, so baby, God is saying that he wants me to quit my job. And go, uh, and go full-time ministry. She was like, oh, okay. Well, let me tell you what the Lord is telling me. I'm like, hold on now, boo-boo. Stay in the spirit. You know what I'm saying? Stay in the spirit, babe. Stay in the spirit. This is God's will. She, and look what she said. She said, what God told me is, you ain't about to be traveling the country preaching, and I raised her by myself and work. I'm going to quit, and we're going to do it together. Now, I believe that there are levels to faith. And if I can just be a wretch and honest with you, I wasn't feeling that. Because my mentality is, just in case the ministry don't take off. Like, look, crazy, right? Like, just in case God don't part the Red Sea. Like, just in case God don't, just in case God don't deliver. You work for the government, boo. At least we, I know we're not going to lose the house. Like, for real, like, we got two nice vehicles. Matter of fact, when we first got married, I'm like, I'm about to show you how much I love you, girl. We're going to get you a Mercedes. That thing was white, tan interior, nice. I got a nice big truck. I'm like, God's blessing us. And so I'm like, you going to quit your job, too? I'm like, okay, God. And so, and so because we are financially wise, my wife said, you know what else we're going to do is... um is I think we should, you know, probably look at going down to one vehicle. We should probably, you know what I'm saying, cut the cable, some other things. And I'm like, you know what? I said, babe, that makes so much sense. You know what I'm saying? Like Dave Ramsey, you know what I'm saying? Like that makes good financial sense. 
but that don't make good God sense. Let me tell you why I say that. Some of you are like, huh, Dave Ramsey a Christian. You don't get it. It's levels to faith. And I know for me and my wife, if we were to cut our bills, you know what I'm saying, that would come from a spirit of fear that maybe, right? You feel me? Like, like okay, these, God, these jobs can take care of us, but God, you can't just take care of us. So we, watch this. So we're going to help you out, God, and we're going to cut our bills down so we ain't so much on you. You feel me how sick my brain was? I'm like, yep, yeah, let's do it, boo. But I'm like, you know what? I'm like, all right. I'm like, if I do it, though, it's not coming from a place of I just want to give more to the church. It's coming from a place of fear, where if I do that, I need to help you out. God's like, I don't need your help. So I said, well, God, you, you really provide, listen to me, you really provided through these jobs. So you ain't no one-dimensional God. If you can provide through the jobs, you can provide through the speaking. I went all in within the first month of being independent, and God just filled up my calendar for like the next three, four months, and we went for two years. People thought we was crazy, crazy faith. I'm like, yeah, I'm crazy about Jesus. And listen, I was just tired of preaching faith and not really living it, that's all. I was just tired of seeing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was tired of singing it but not really showing it, that's all. I was just tired of it, being raised in the church and traveling to so many churches. I was just tired of the same fluff. I'm like, God, I want something real. I'm about to put you in a position where you got to do it. And if you don't do it, we going to fail. So when my wife comes to me and say, babe, and I'm tired of having these conversations, but when she comes to me and we're talking about the bills, we both come to the conclusion and say, you know what? We not each other God. I ain't your God. Like, God, you got to do it. So she like, boo, this bill is due, and her spirit is so much more. It's different now. This is what we're going to do. Let's pray, because God got to do it. I'm like, that's exactly, babe. Listen to me. God got to do it. So we, we went all in it for two years. I mean, every single weekend, God just began to just have us all over the place. Ended up writing like three more. I'm, I just finished book number six. So at that time, I think I was on book number like three or four or something like that, right? And so now... We've got this full-time ministry, and it's funny because I thought, let me check the time. I ain't playing with you. Let me get you out of here in just a minute. Oh, yes, sir, I will. And I don't get me twisted. Don't, don't get me wrong now. I'm going to go as long as the Spirit says to go, right? But I want to make sure I'm in the Spirit and in tune with the time. Amen. So I got to a point where things were great. God was blessed with the ministry. We're traveling, and I thought that the next level for me, because I'm a knucklehead, was like, I don't know, TBN, like I'm going to be on Praise the Lord and, you know what I'm saying, Donnie McCullough ain't going to sing for me, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, God, listen to me, because there's a next level for some, all of y'all in here. I said, God, what's the next level for me? And God sent my behind to Trenchtown, Jamaica. Anybody know about Kingston, Trenchtown, Jamaica? Yeah, 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 yeah. Trenchtown, right? I'm like, come on, God, like, Trenchtown? God was like, son, listen to me. Again, I'm not, I'm not concerned with your level of comfort. People are People are dying, son. Go give them a word, son. You want to know what the next level is? It ain't even about you. That's what the next level is. It ain't about you, son. It's about me. And when you get to that side of your brain, you'll go to a whole nother level. That's why Myron said, hey, when you, uh, 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 when you get to, the closer you get to God, you recognize how really messed up you are. So I said, God, have your way. Went there, preached, had a crazy experience. When I came back, I got stopped by customs, got arrested for something I did 10 years prior in Miami and spent the night in jail. Dade County, urine on the floor, feces, rats running around. And I'm in there with a not happy, 
<laughs> not in the spirit at all. And I'm having a conversation with God, like, God, why are you playing with me? God said, come on, son, you asked for the next level. You asked for the next level, son. What you thought, son? You're very effective in the pulpit. Let's see how effective you can be in a prison. You're very effective motivational speaking high schools. Let's see how effective you can be in a jail cell, son. So I said, wow, okay. So God put me in four different cells in that whole day while I was locked up for something small, but God was like, I'm going to conceal it for this moment, for this time. If I had time to share it with you, I would. But just know, God had me in four different cells ministering to people. And when I got out, came back to the States, everything in my brain shifted. I looked at ministry differently. It's funny what happens when you sit down and you have a conversation with a crackhead. And when the Holy Ghost reminds you that I love this person just as much as I love you. It's weird. It's like when the Holy Ghost tells you, yeah, they might be addicted to crack cocaine, son, but you addicted to some foolishness, too. Like when that happens to you, you look at stuff a little differently. Yeah, so we talking about I'm about to go to the scripture now because I got to a point in life where I recognized what real ministry was about. And so I said, "Okay, God. Like I said, God, I sacrificed like, you know, we quit our jobs. We went all in with you. We, we traveled and we preached. You know what I'm saying? Church folk ain't really giving. That, you know, it's just rough. Like, I'm like, come on, God. Like, don't get it twisted. He took care of our needs, but it was a, let me be clear here. He took care of our needs, but it was still a, it was still a struggle. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going from having nice checks every two weeks to just, if you get an invitation to pray, you know what I'm saying, to preach. And so, God was doing something, and it still is doing something, in the life of, of me and my wife. And so it's always another level. And so after 2012, we did two years, 2014. Last year, we did some great stuff. Last year, God put in my life a team of people who had the vision. And I remember I got an invitation to go to a church in South Carolina, and I was um, just in the bathroom just talking to God, and God said, call it the Grace Tour. It's weird. I, I didn't really know what it was. Now, I've been used to traveling every single weekend for two years. But I told my homeboy, Kagiya Scott, I'm like, hey, we're going to come. We're going to minister. But I'm going to bring some people with me. We're going to call it the Grace Tour. Just that random. Didn't give it no thought. God said the Grace Tour. Because Brian's got, wait till you, you got to be here tonight. Amen. You think you heard a testimony? You got to be here tonight, right, and hear his story. Here, you saw, you saw Jill up here worshiping. You got no clue what she's been through. You're going to be here with your jaws dropped when you hear their story. The Grace Tour, because we don't deserve this. God said, grab, a, grab your team, son. Hit the road. So I, we went and did South Carolina. We did New York. Probably, basically, for about once a month, I had a church that was able to say, all right, bring your whole team. And uh, I went to my wife last year and said, babe, I think God is calling us to do this full time. She said, we're already doing it full time. I said, no like the Grace Tour, like a team. And it was a struggle because we wasn't able really to pay them. You know what I'm saying? They was just like, forget the money. We kind of working on the side. We want to just come and be a part and just bless the people. I'm like, oh, if it ain't about the money, like, I mean, you know, like, that's different. Like, that's the real, because you got people 
who do ministry for money. Like the, the world views, they, they like you a preacher. They like, why you ain't rolling up in a Bentley? Why? Because the world views church folk as we providing all this money to build these big fancy churches and the, and the, and the pastor riding around a Bentley, some silly like they don't really get the struggle it takes. They don't get the agonizing, the, the nights we, we can't sleep, the stuff with our family. Like they don't see the grind that it takes. They just from what TV shows, from TV shows like Preachers of L.A. and Detroit, that's silly stuff. Like they see that and they think it's the norm. Well, your pastor not going to test. That's, that ain't the norm. So I'm like, well, babe, you know, what are we going to do? And so listen, y'all going to learn to be obedient. For whatever reason, I was scared of getting a nonprofit. I just felt like it was just so much paperwork. And I just heard it could be like $2,500. And God was just like, son, like, stop playing me like that. He said, I blessed you for two whole years. I took care of everything you and your family, your team needed. Like, watch me work, son. We got the nonprofit. Hired a company, LegalZoom, paid the extra bread. Because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. My wife can do it, but we running other stuff. I'm like, look, babe, if you can work with LegalZoom, let's get the nonprofit done. We did it. Listen to me, your obedience, the Bible says your gifts will make room for you. Yeah, your gifts will make room for you. But listen to me, obedience will make room for you. I, I get a doggone nonprofit. We put together a GoFundMe account with some videos because we've been blessed with a, a world. I don't know if any of y'all ever seen like the Grace Tour videos. All that work came from one man, David Cornelius, man. Like this dude can be doing anything. You know what his mentality is? I just want to show the world the real Jesus. So he quit his, listen to me, he had a full-time job and he got his company, Shoe Sign Media, and walked away from there and said, I believe in what you're doing. Let's travel. I'm going to document this and we're going to show people the real Jesus. Put together the nonprofit. Said, all right, God, we need, you to, we need help. We put together a GoFundMe account and I'm going to Facebook every day posting a video praying that people give. I'm like giving a sob story. Then I'm like giving scriptures, trying to convict. Then I have to, <laughs> you feel me? Like after a while, I'm like, I'm just tired of begging folks. Like that ain't even my style. Like the old me four years ago, I'm used to being like, you get in VIP, you can't get in VIP, bro. And now I'm asking people to donate. Christians at that, very humbling experience and very um, discouraging experience. Let me tell you why. Because when you post a GoFundMe video and you got 55 people that like, but don't nobody donate, Think about it. I'm, I'm, and, like, and I'm trying to be in the spirit, but I'm like, it's kind of disrespectful. Like, oh, I like this. You're trying to raise money. Go for it. Like, give me $5, something. <laughs> so we doing this campaign for a couple months. We probably raised like maybe, I don't know, three, $4,000. And our goal was to raise 100000 Why? I went to uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and they picked me up. Uh, they had like this, this driver pick me up in like a sprinter van. It was like a shuttle. It was like a Mercedes-Benz sprinter van, extra tall, extra long, and it was just nice. And so I'm like, this is what we need. Me and the Grace to my family, we're going to travel the country in a Mercedes sprinter van. Dodge make one. Maybe God give us a Dodge, but I definitely want the Mercedes. You know what I'm saying? Like, God, can you do it? I put together the GoFundMe. We got videos, and we asking people for money. But now it's like November. We got the tour that's going to launch in January. Like, listen to me. This is last year now. I'm like, God, I've been faithful. I've been following you. Matter of fact, y'all, when me and my wife got baptized, really got into church and began to be active, we started giving 20%. Some of y'all, you still struggling giving God 5 and 10. 
We said, God, we're going to give you 20. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got hardwood floors. We got granite, crown molding. Like, we can do a little bit more. We're going to give you 20%. Then when God said, go all in, I almost choked because he was like, now let me get 30%. It's hit. But look, look here. Look what I said. When God said, let me get 30% tithe and offering, I said, God, I got to give you 30%? He said, that's your problem, son. Your mentality. He said, you, I got to give? I said, my bad. It's crazy. He showed me myself. He said, son, you get $10, let me get three. Let me tell you something. And I ain't know no better. So like when I get my income tax, I get 5000 back. Like I'm tithing on that too. I don't know no better. Like anything I get, I'm like, God, here go $3. I got 10 And so now I'm like, God, I really need you to show up and show out. So I was obedient. We said, okay, we're going to raise $100,000. I'm like, I don't know how you're going to do it. I just came up with it. Here's the crazy part. I don't even, you talk about God honoring faith. I don't even know if that's really the number God gave me. I just felt like I knew that the Mercedes Sprinter van cost about $60,000. I knew that we probably needed about $20,000, $30,000 to make some changes to the inside because me and my wife, listen to me, write the vision, make it plain. I seen some online that had bucket seats. So listen, we had the exact blueprint of the Sprinter van we wanted. You got the two front seats. Behind that, it's like two more leather bucket seats. Behind that, two more leather bucket seats. And there's a leather bench in the back. And then I saw one with a wall so that you could separate the storage in the back. And I was like, yep, I want one with a wall and a storage. So I'm going to Mercedes dealerships. They calling upfit companies. I'm like, yep, I need it like this. These type of seats. And I'm like, I need a TV right here. Like 27 inches, nothing too big. Little Xbox DVD player, like backup camera. We're we going to get it wrapped. I get the rap design, the whole shebang. And I'm like, God, I need it. I need, I need to be able to get it. And so we go and, uh, was it the counseling first? Okay, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. So we go to our counselor, uh, Dr. Mobley, a powerful, anointed woman of God. And me and my wife get marriage counseling. Even right now, people are like, what's wrong? Like, why some guy be wrong? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't you just, like, your car needs maintenance. You think your life, your most valuable asset don't need maintenance? You upgrade and approve your house. You get, like, new countertops, new flooring. You don't think your wife need, your life need new flooring? You don't think your marriage need new carpet? Like, your marriage don't need new paint? Like, we need to work through this thing here. If God can restore a car and, and I can get a new paint job and put some rims on there, can my marriage get some rims? Can my marriage get a paint job? Can my marriage get mirror tint? You know what I'm saying? Like, can I get a prime Bose uh, uh, speaker system in my marriage? Can I shine? Can my, I'm wearing a Next Level Living t-shirt. Can my marriage be on the next level? Because right now it's all right. So we having marriage counseling. Me and my wife, we ain't really seeing eye to eye. She like, you know, the money, I don't know. We need to get this van. I don't know about the, I'm like, well, I don't know about this. And we trying to go back and forth. And Dr. Mobley, powerful, anointed woman of God. Just wave your hand, girl. You've been so much of a doggone blessing to our family. Praise God for you. Dr. Mobley said, uh-uh. She said, how God does things, God designed both of y'all to be in unison together. Because I'm kind of feeling like, hey, like I'm submitting to God. Because I believe that I believe that the wife should submit to the husband. But I believe that the wife should submit to the man who's submitting to God. You know what I'm saying? So watch it, guys. Don't you dare go home outside the spirit talking about you heard what he said. You should submit to me. No, she needs to submit to the man of God. Not a man of good. There's a difference. I'll have to come back for a men's conference, and we'll do something with that. So I said, okay, God. 
what are we going to do? And so Dr. Mobley said, listen, it's not whether you're going to go where she wants or where she's going to go what you want. God made y'all and designed y'all together. God going to give y'all exactly what y'all need together. And so I met with this finance guy. Listen to me. It's good to get advice from people, but make sure you get the final say-so from God. I met with this finance guy, and this guy said, Jeremy, what I'm thinking you should do is if you get a large lump sum of money, put, you know, put a little bit down as a down payment, keep the rest, buy it, and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? We should be lenders, not borrowers. Dr. Moby like, nope, that ain't God's will. Don't you borrow no money. Don't, don't take out no loan. I'm like, but she's like, if God, listen to me. She said, if God going to give it to you, he going to give it to you. All right, she said, I've been fat, listen to me, fasting and praying for y'all. If God going to do it, he going to do it, and you and your wife going to be in one accord. Well, now December comes. Now January comes. The tour launches January 11th, 2015. We had a whole city in Gainesville for a week waiting for us. The, the third week of January, we was going to be in Orlando, a whole city and churches waiting for us. The fourth week in, in, in Florida in January, we were supposed to be in Miami. So Gainesville, Orlando, Miami. I got the van wrapped, the design and everything, but we ain't got no van, got no money. I go to one church, Chattanooga, Tennessee. They have like Southern Day. So all the students from Southern University came and I'm in there and I just do what God told me to do. I preach the word of God. And this is real, real, real cool white dude that was there. He emails me later and he was like, I, I ain't never heard the gospel preached like that. Can I, can, I, can I bless you in your ministry? I'm like, yeah, I'm reading the email. He like, God told me to give you $25,000. Can I send you a check for $25,000? I said, you better send me a check for $25,000. Hey, if God told you to do it, you better do it, bro. Yeah, you better do it. Obedience is better than sacrifice, bro. You better do it. So the check came and that thing cleared. I was like, praise God. You know, because there's a difference. It can't, listen to me. It came and it cleared because we mean well, but our means ain't always well. You know what I'm saying? And the man of God's check came and it cleared. So I'm like, man, $25,000, how you going to do this, God? God says, son, I took a few pieces of fish. It's good right here. I ain't never said it like this, Jill. I took a few pieces of fish and a couple loaves of bread and fell thousands of people. Surely I can take this $25,000 and give you what you thought you needed $100,000 to do. I'm like, God, how you going to do that? I'm like, God, I don't know. Like, that don't make sense. Like, what they teach you in finance is to take the 25000 put about 10000 down for a down payment. You got $15,000 cash to be able to pay the, the rent on that sucker, the payment every month. God's like, no, what I want you to do, I want you to take the $25,000, and I want you to let me get all that, and I'm going to give you what you need. So me and my wife going back and forth. Let me just, pass, let me just fast forward this thing. We launched the tour on Sunday. Wednesday, we find a van. It's crazy. We had a, we had a counseling session Tuesday. We praying. Counselors say, you know what? Y'all don't even talk about the van no more. Don't talk about the tour no more. Y'all just be husband and wife and let God work it out. And for me, I'm, I'm hard because I'm like, I'm breathing ministry. Like, I'm breathing the work. I'm pre- I live the grind. I'm like, come on, God. Like, we ain't talking about nothing, so we got to find stuff to talk about now. You know what I'm saying? How you like sports? You know, and we just kicking it, right? So God said, don't, don't talk about none of that. I'm like, all right. Have the session Tuesday, we find the van on Wednesday. And I'm like, I'm seeing the van, I'm like, ooh, it, it got everything we need, y'all. It got the leather seats, 
the two bucket seats, it got the bench, it got the wall with the storage, it got the TV, the Xbox, it got the suede, the cup holders, it got everything we need. I'm like, what's wrong with it? You know what I'm saying? Like, this weird. And so I'm like, my wife about to shoot that sucker down. I already know. Because, you know, like my wife, she's different. She's so gangster. Like, if I'm really excited about something, instantly she got her guard up. So I got to come to her. I'm like, hey, boo, check this out. You know, it's all right. What you think? She's like, ooh, I like that. I'm like, praise God. Listen to me, y'all. I flew to Nashville on Wednesday. Bought the van on Thursday. Found out that they had about $5,000 worth of damage or issues with the engine. The people I bought it from, they said, don't worry. We'll just subtract the 5000 from the price we discussed. We'll take care. I could look. I could have bought that van and hit the city of Atlanta, Georgia, where we now live, and the van started having issues. But God was like, "Nope, I'm allow the engine light to come on now." Flew to Nashville Wednesday, bought the van Thursday, got the work done, wrapped that sucker on Friday, worshipped on Saturday, and hit the road and launched the tour on Sunday. So when people talk about an on-time God, I, I get it now. And so what we did was God said, I didn't just give you a nice van for you to be comfortable with. I gave you a van so that, A, you could brag on me. I'm going to allow your faces to be on the van. And it's going to do two things. It's going to draw other Christians to you and people who are hurting. So now when we pull up at the homeless shelter, because we got a goal to feed 100 people every city we go to. When we pull up at the homeless shelter, they see the word grace and they quickly migrate. We pulled, I don't know what street that was, Alan, wherever we was at, when we pulled up downtown um, Cleveland, we pulled up while a bunch of different um, homeless shelters, the people flocking to us like, God, it's like, this ain't just something to be comfortable in. This is like a flag that I'm going to take all over the country to show what I can do. So I think it's so deep that y'all about to build a place for grace. And today you got the grace tour here with you. And so check this out. Now we go into the word, and I'm about to give an appeal, like right now. So somebody be on this piano real quick. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says this. I just, I just go to the word of God because I believe what God did back in the day, I believe that God can do that today. That's all. I, I, just, I don't believe that what he did back then, he kind of doing it now. I just believe that the people back then were so sold out for God that they were so invested in him and his work that he had no choice but to do it. Why? Because they put the spotlight on Jesus. You see, I'm in a place. Listen, I was going. We put videos together on YouTube. that got over a thousand of views where we tell the people, God, go get. Listen to me. A Sprinter van. Got, we, we got one video where we had a guy from Mercedes dealership pull up and give us a, 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 a test drive in one. Like we tell the people, this is what God going to do, not what we going to do. Look what God going to do. And when you start being filled with the spirit of God, when you say, God, have your way and you give it all back to God, you can't help but win. Look what the word says. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 42 to 47 in your hearing. Watch this right here. This is called the fellowship of the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. Watch this. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Yes, yes. Now, 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 let's stay right there for a second. All the believers were together. Yes. 
and had everything in common. You know why they had everything in common? It's because they were in the spirit. You don't have 100,000 people just all got the same thing in common. That's the spirit of God. 45 said they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying all the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were saved. It's a simple formula here. How God added numbers to them daily. They gave. Several times in the book of Acts, you see, listen to me, where people gave everything. They sold their property. They sold possessions and gave it to the church because they were in the spirit. They said, I believe in this. They said, I believe in this movement. This is what you can have it. Matter of fact, God is so serious about giving and the commitment that you make to giving and you being real and honest with him that there was even a couple in the Bible around this time that sold their property, but they gave a portion to the church and kept the rest for themselves. And when the husband came in, they like, yo, is this everything you got from the property? Because they lied. He was like, yep, this is everything. And the disciples is like, why are you sitting here lying to God like this? And the guy fell to the ground and died. Listen to me, y'all. This is important. I need you to know something here. The wife came a little while later. They had collected the guy's body. And one of the disciples went to her and said, ma'am, let me just ask you a question. Your husband brought this money. Is this everything that y'all got from the property? She said, yes, it is. And he's like, why would you lie to us like this? Like, why would you lie to God? Why couldn't they just say, hey, this 80%, we needed 20% to cover something, but they lied. And she died. But then you see people here who said, God, I need for you to do whatever you're going to do. So you can have this house, this car, whatever. It's said that they sold property and possessions and gave to the church. And watch what it says here. This is what I need you to get here. Watch what it says here. Acts chapter 2, verse 45. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who had need. What it didn't say is, they sold property and possessions and gave to the members who had need. You missed it. It did not say they sold property and possessions and gave to the members within. The, it said gave to anyone who had need. You know how this church is going to change Cleveland? You know how this church is going to do a mighty move of God? Is when you say, God, what you want me to give? What you say, when you say, God, what do you want me to do? And then you do it. When you do that, you put God in a position to where y'all can bless anyone who has needs. Building a place for grace. So simple, so smooth. Four point something million dollars. Listen to me. He said it. There ain't nothing for God. But what makes what God trying to do so challenging at times is he is he working with people like us who just refuse to give and surrender. Listen to me. I can come and tell you the sacrifice. 
I can come and tell you to give because that's what me and my family have been doing. It ain't easy. I mean, listen to me. Save, listen, savings account? Can I be honest with y'all? We ain't got no savings account. Can I just put it out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let's talk about it. Let's stay here for just a second. Like, we went from thousands, tens of thousands of dollars in savings. 401k plan, that, that thing gone. Healthcare, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, the best you can get in Alabama. We had that. But now that when we got a baby now, God says, quit your job and give me everything. I'm like, God, I got a dollar now. I need some type of health care. Well, you know what? You're going to have to pay an extra six, seven hundred dollars a month to make sure your daughter got health care, your wife got health care. I'm like, I've got to add more on top of my bills. God said, let me be God. What am I talking about today? You got an opportunity to give the grace, the gift of grace to people. Y'all know where we've been this week? Y'all know we've been in Cleveland all week, right? Yeah. Middle schools, high schools. Yesterday we went to a detention center. Yeah, the juvenile detention center. Yeah, some of y'all know it. It's a Taj Mahal. Beautiful building with a bunch of beautiful people on the inside. Hurt. Broken. Like we went there and we, had to, we got to preach the gospel to a bunch of inmates. It's like 80 black dudes in there. Like 75% of them, most of them, like 75 of them black, the rest of them kind of white, Puerto Rican. I'm like, y'all ain't all under the age of 20. That's a problem. We trying to fight that problem. And I'm so glad that when the grace tour leaves tomorrow, that the gift of God's grace can continue. Because you're building a place for grace. And so I, I'm about to give an appeal right now. It's a little different now. I need my prayer where we're just praying. You know where you are. And you know who you are. Listen to me. There is nothing that God can't do. Listen to me. There is nothing that God can't do. I'm going to ask for the few people that, that's about to get baptized. Just come and meet me down front real quick, please. Listen to me, y'all. Last night, we was going to have just a quick service, pour into the people, just face the people. I need y'all just praying for the folks even right now. I said, God, what, what you want us to do? We was going to just have a quick little service. I was even like Jill. I told Jill, like, we're not even going to sing tonight. Like, save your voice for tomorrow. But, when, but I guess it's, it's a little different because, when, like, yesterday we went to a group home. And when you go to a group home filled with women who have either been sexually assaulted, uh, raped, or been uh, rescued from drug trafficking, the director of the Carrington House here in Cleveland Last year was rescuing women. She was kidnapping women that had been kidnapped and sold into slavery. That's ministry. That's the work of God. Kid, listen to me. She said, I'm going to kidnap the kidnapped. And I'm going to build a house for them. It's people in Cleveland right now that's being sold for sex. How dare we come here? With our church clothes on, and we hear great music and great preaching, and we go home and eat dinner and get itis and go to sleep. People are dying. And God is calling us to sacrifice. So if I have to exhaust my savings, if me and my wife have to go without, if we have to struggle to pay the, 
to pay the mortgage of our team. Sometimes we, sometimes we pay Brian and Jamie the jail, and she's like, babe, we don't even have enough money for us. But if that's what we have to do so that we can travel and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with his people, then that is the sacrifice that we have to make. And so I want to know tonight if there's anybody here that, that wants to say, you know what, Jeremy, Tracy, David, Brian, Jill, Pastor Edmonds, you're not by yourself. And I want to travel with you. But I want to travel over to Euclid. I want to travel over to Main Street. And I want to minister to people. Maybe you say, I'm going to give half. Maybe you say, I'm going to commit. I don't know. But what we need today is I need some people who are willing to say, God, I give you my life. Have your way in my life. Before we even talk about giving anything, forgive money. Money is nothing. Give your life to God. There are people here. You need to be baptized or rebaptized today. Salvation is available for you today. Stop coming here playing church. Listen to me, beloved. God wants you to be the church. People are out here dying. Little boys and girls are cutting themselves. They're hanging themselves. When we left from where we're staying, every single block I passed was a church. But why does it seem that where there are so many churches, there is so much poverty, there are so many bombs, there are so many drug addicts walking the streets? Like, why? This is our home. This is our territory. This is God's ground, and he wants to use you. So I need you to make a decision right now. And you're saying, I choose today. In the balcony, don't let those couple of steps keep you seated. You're saying today, and I need my prayer when we're just praying. You're saying today, church for me becomes real. You're saying today, being a Christian becomes real. You're saying today, giving my all to God becomes real. Today, you want to say, God, I want to give you my life. Don't ask God how he's going to do it. Don't ask him how he's going to use you. He is God. Let him work that out. Listen, when you hear our stories tonight, you will be like, how in the world? I don't know. God did it. So where's the first person that wants to join this group now or another time? But you want to say, you know what? I need that power. I need that spirit. I want to get baptized and rebaptized. Where's the first person there? All heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. You're saying, I want to be a real Christian. Hallelujah. You're saying, I want to be baptized or rebaptized. Listen to me. Let me just pray. God, God, we need you, Lord. We need you. It's late, God. Who cares? You are trying to save us, God. Because that meal that we want to rush home to, it's people out here that's hungry, Lord. So forgive us for that spirit of, it's late. Forgive us for that spirit of, I'm ready to go home. God, people need you. So I pray right now that you will move upon the hearts and minds of your people. Now, and bring revival. 
In the name of Jesus, we pray. Where's the next person at? You simply want to say, God, I want to give you my life. And you know that just standing or raising your hand will do nothing for you spiritually. You know you need to be baptized or rebaptized. I don't care how young or old you are. God is calling you right now. Because when me and my team, my wife, when we got up out that baptismal pool, we were different. How you are when you go in, it's not how you will be when you come out. Where's the next person at? You heard the message. You see what God is doing. Baptism or rebaptism. You're saying, I want to join this army. We're not even thinking on the funds, the money. God will do that. But listen to me. You're not even in a position to give his sacrifice for real until you give your all to God. So where's the next person at? That says, you know what? Today I choose Jesus for real. And I choose to be baptized or rebaptized. I want that spirit. I want that power. I go to a lot of churches. Where you at? I'm somewhat of an expert in this thing. I'll be in different churches Saturday and Sunday. Sunday will be the big